Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So just stand with me one more time. I'm going to be reading out of Judges 6. Judges 6, because I know you've been in that book all week. So we're going to be reading Judges 6. And um, I'm going to start in verse 11. When you have it, say, I have it. All right. Let's get it. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Asbiorite. Zite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord? Like you're talking to me? But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Oh my gosh. We are in church right now, so we can't act like none of us have said this before. Come on, does this sound familiar? But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord didn't even give that life. He just turned to him. He said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, <laughs> my Lord, getting replied. But how, how can I save Israel? How can I save Israel? How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of I'm the least in my family. And the Lord answered him, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Verse 17, Gideon replied, if I now found favor in your eyes, uh, give me a a sign that it's really, 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 really you talking. (laughs) Please don't go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, all right, I'll wait until you return. So I'm on an assignment today to tell you that you are more than you know. You are more than you know. We may not see it, but God sees it. I think we need to change our prayer life and ask God to help me see me like you see me. Help me see me like you see me. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Oh, you're awesome, God. You're welcome in this place. You are welcome in this place, Lord God. Do what you came to do. Let us not leave here the same as we walked in. We want change. We want more of your presence, Lord God. I don't want to leave here without it. I don't want to leave here without the deposit, Lord God, that you you came to give us, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Give us a, a word that will just change our lives. Give us a word, Lord God, that won't just sustain us, but, Lord God, keep us moving forward, Lord, and change any outcome 
that we're facing, any challenges that we're facing in life, Lord God. You're welcome. You're welcome in this place, Lord God. You're welcome in my mind. You're welcome in my heart. You're welcome in my speech. Let not this be regular church. We want to see you move in this place. In Jesus' name, somebody give them a shout as you see it. Yes, you may sit or you can stand for the rest of the service. I have no takers this morning. So I want us to come out swinging early this morning. Um, I want us to quickly change the atmosphere. I want us to reverse the enemy's plans this morning. So can you help me to speak some things in the atmosphere this morning? Can can you help me speak some things in the atmosphere this morning? So even if you don't believe it, I want you to say it anyway, because maybe later on you will catch something, right? And you'll you'll start walking in it. Mm -hmm. So can you help me declare some things in in this atmosphere? Okay, you ready? Repeat after me. I am a child of God. You got to say it confidently. I am a child of God. I am reconciled. I am forgiven. Yes, yes, I am blessed. I am gifted. I am a new creation. I am a new creation. I'm not the same person as I was last week. I'm a new creation. Because I was bought by his blood. So I am saved. I am delivered. I am restored. Come on, give him some praise. So when you look at yourself, I don't know what you see, but this is the way that God sees you. This is the way that God sees you. We have to understand this. We have to receive this. We have to be this, right? And we have to live this. This this is who God sees when he looks at all of us. That is powerful because when you understand that, right, you will know there is more than you know about yourself. There is more in you than you know. See, who am I and um, how do I define myself is a question that most people can't answer. Because usually we define ourselves by what we do. Right? Like in our jobs, what roles we, we have in, in relationship. Right? But if, we, if, we, if that's our focus, then we will limit ourselves. Right? Because our identity should be in Christ. When our identity is in Christ, there's always more than we can do. There's always more for us. There's always more about us. Is it, will anyone be brave enough to go with me this morning? So if our identity is not in Christ, we significantly limit ourselves because our Father can do the impossible. Things that we cannot imagine he can do. Right? So we must understand our image comes from Christ. Our image comes from Christ. Our our, our identity must be in Christ. Are you with me this morning? So in in our our text, let's let's just get it. Go with it right now. So in our text, the Israelites are having an identity crisis. They just, I mean, it's just a mess. It's just, their lives are just chaotic because they, they sin uh, against God. Um, so they've, they've just been bullied by um, uh, the Midianites for seven years. Seven years they've been bullied by the Midianites. And these guys were crazy. 
I mean, they were, they were so oppressive that the Israelites hid in caves and strongholds because they were so afraid of them. And not only that, would make matters worse, the Midianites te- uh, a team that, you know, became comrades with the Amicalites. So whenever the Israelites planted crops, they will go out and steal their harvest. Oh, oh isn't that like the enemy? Right. So it's very important. If our identity is, is if our identity is not secured in Christ, Satan will align himself with our insecurities and will steal every seed that God plants in our life. That's why he steals the word from us. Right. Because we can't connect. We, we, we can't fathom. We can't. We don't understand that our identity is in Christ. So what the Bible says about us, that's who we are. So if you walk out of here, if you just get excited at church and dance because it's a great worship song. I mean, Edith and, and Caitlin was just doing it. Right. And just made us feel real good. Right. And you hear the message and the message made you feel really good. But if you don't walk out of here, change. Right. The enemy will steal the word that you actually heard. I, don't, I, I Listen, I've learned a long time ago, even if I, when I didn't understand the word of God, I, wrote, I took notes in church. And I took it home and I studied it because I wanted to understand what was God saying about me. So sometimes it's okay to be about you. What is God saying about you? Right? So I, I, so I took, I took notes I, and, I, and I studied them. I still have notes from the, uh, 1999. because I, I wanted to know what God said about me. Amen. So the enemy just steals the word when we, when our identity is, we don't know our identity is, is in Christ. So then we get introduced to Gideon. He was in a mess, too. He was just a product of his environment, right? I mean, he, um, he was in a cave uh, threshing wheat in the wine press. Now, I am no farmer. I don't know much about farming. But the one thing I know, this just don't sound right. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. Don't make any sense, right? That's not supposed to happen, Right? I mean, so he, he was kind of confused. He was, he, was, he, was in, he was a mess. It was an indication of his identity crisis, right? Like, you just, don't, you just don't do that. But what he was doing, he was hiding his blessings from the enemy. <laughs> he was hiding his blessings. But, because if, he, if, if they saw what he was doing, would they, you know, they, if they saw, saw all the blessings that he had, they would, the enemies would take it. I, I know some of you, like, have family members that you can't tell them how blessed you are because they will try to take it. They will want to ask you for certain things. They want to ask you for money. They want to ask you. Why. So even if it doesn't have to be about monetary stuff, it doesn't have to be about that. It could just be like sometimes we don't want to tell people how delivered we, we are, how God healed us, because they are in mess, and you don't want to talk, talk to them about how good God is. What well, we need to shout, we need to tell people how good God is. It's okay. You need to come out of the cave and just uh, tell people how good he is, how blessed you are. Amen. And they can they can be blessed as well. So, so this was getting he was doing. He was just hiding his his blessings from from the enemy. This is my favorite part here, because there was an angel. It was an angel of God that appeared and sat was sitting at the wine press where he was. So the angel of the Lord. Told Gideon, he says, God is calling you, you, to deliver your people out of their mess. And he says, he says to him, God is with you, mighty warrior. Why is this so important? God found him in his mess. God found him in his mess. I think that's so powerful. What a loving God 
we, we serve. He found him in his mess. And what did he do? He didn't condemn him. He didn't tell him, talk to him about the mess that he was in. He spoke into his destiny. He says, you are a mighty warrior. In his mess. Oh, man. When I was studying this, Pastor Bob, I was shouting, right? I said, people are going to get excited about this part. It's like how God finds us in our mess. It don't matter if you are a child of God, right? God will find you in your mess, right? And he, he may not talk to you about your mess. He will speak to your future. He will speak to your future. He will speak to your destiny. So he spoke to Gideon's destiny. He says that you are a mighty warrior. You are called. You are called to help deliver your people out of your mess. You may be in a messy situation right now, but those in a messy situation in your family, God's calling you to deliver your family out of their mess. Maybe folks online had caught up already and they with me they're just shouting right now pastor <laughs> preach this is a word that i need to listen to right now i received this word in the name of jesus god had called me to do something more in my life what i'm doing i'm, I'm, I'm more than what i'm doing right now i know i felt something in my spirit i always felt like i was called to do something different do something new do something different right and so i received this word this morning the rest of us can catch up to them. So it's so an angel. He, he visited him in a wine press, right? So this is, this is amazing. See, a wine press is a place of transition. Yeah. It's, it's where the grape gets crushed and turned into wine. So it was Gideon's crushing season. God was equipping him. God was preparing him for the future. Right? So it was an angel sitting there at the wine press, basically saying, yeah, you need, to, you need to get in that thing. Because what you see right now is not who you really are. By the time I get done with you, you will be a mighty warrior. It was crushing season. So some, I know some, if you may be in transition right now, you may be feeling like you're being crushed right now. That's good. That's God. That's God. This, he's visiting you right now saying that, oh, by the time I get done with you, just hold on for a second. Just hold on for a minute. By the time I get done with you, you are going to be more, more, more than you know. More than you know. More than you know. Oh, man. I just feel like preaching this morning. I don't know if I can have a few people to go with me this morning, but I'm going to just keep going anyway. It's crushing season. You may feel a little pressure going on in your life. Praise God. Praise God. He's doing what he needs to do in your life. Right? So the, so the angel of the Lord spoke into his life saying that, God, this, you know, Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. You are called to deliver your people out of this mess. Gideon didn't believe it. Originally, he didn't believe it. He had so many doubts, he questioned everything. He started questioning everything. So the, his, the first thing he questioned was God's presence. Right? He, say, he said what most of us say or said, won't admit that we say it, but he, he actually said it, right? He said, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Why has all this, why am I in the situation that I'm in right now? If you are with me, God, why has all this happened to us? I have not seen any miracles. I have not seen any breakthrough. I have not seen anyone, right, uh, be blessed. Why has all this happened uh, to us? Because all when I look around, I don't see your presence. Why has all this happened? I heard my ancestors talk about it. And anytime you brought up, you know, uh, uh, when we go through challenges, 
Because they will say, oh, has not the Lord delivered us from Egypt? I'm tired of hearing that, right? I want to see you move. Why has all this happened to us? I don't see you. I don't see you in this situation right now. Why has all this happened to us? Why? Why has all this happened? Why am I in the situation that I'm in right now? I can't figure it out. Bad things are not supposed to happen to me. I'm a believer. I'm leave that one alone, right? But so, so what Gideon didn't realize, for one thing, that his, he, his people was in this mess because of their sin. But that's, that's one thing. But I do want to make something clear, right? Our mistakes are not always the reason why bad things happen to us. Right? Sometimes bad things just happen. It rains on the just and the unjust, yeah, right? But this was a little bit different. See, they sin against God, right? So they turned their backs on God and chose to worship other gods. So God would never rule over your choices. So he gave them over to their enemies because of their decision to not serve him. So when you make a decision not to serve God, he will give you over to your desires. Oh. He's not going to rule over your decisions. So this was a little bit different. So they chose not to serve God. They chose to serve other gods. Right? So God gave them over to their, to their enemies. So sometimes, right, God will use our enemies to provoke us, to seek him. I mean, where would David be without Saul being chased by Saul? I don't know what his prayer life would be if it, what, if it weren't for Saul. I don't know what kind of king David would be without Saul. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes God will use the enemy, right? The enemy had planned to destroy you. He would make it good. good. Amen? So, so Gideon questioned God's presence. Question, was God with him? You know, that's a promise that God made for all of us. He says, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, that's just, to me, that's awesome because people will leave you and forsake you and forsake their responsibilities. But God He's saying that not only I will, I will not leave you, I will not forsake what I'm doing in your life. I started a good work. I will continue it. I will not leave you. I will not leave you. If you want God to remain in your life, guess what? He will. He will. He says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. If, 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 people t- if people tell you that, well, I just, I just don't feel God. Well, he's there. I don't know what you're doing wrong, but he's there. God is there. He is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. So he questioned God's presence. Then he questioned his weakness, right? He's, he's like, pardon me, my Lord? How, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. So he's basically saying, see, he's basically saying, see, my, my family is weak, but I'm weaker than weak. Like they're weak, but I'm like worse than they are. Like I'm just like, I'm just weak, weaker than weak. I don't know what you call weaker than weak, but he's weaker than weak. <laughs> right? He said, so how can you call me? I'm so weak. Like I like, why would you call me? You see the mess that I'm in? Like, why, why how can you call me? So the biggest thing we all have in common with Gideon is doubt. We doubt our abilities and we doubt we can be of much use to God. 
See, Gideon was over-identifying with his weakness. So his condition shaped his identity. Like, how can God call me in the condition that I'm in right now? Mm. His condition is affecting the way he sees himself. Oh, God called him a warrior, but he didn't feel like one. Oh, come on. Can we all relate? God says that we are victorious, but we just don't feel that way. God's saying that we are blessed, but we just don't feel that way. God's saying that we are reconciled, but we just don't feel that way. Amen. God says that we are a child of God, but we feel abandoned. Oh, man. Oh, man. So this is what Gideon was, was going through. See, this is what I know about feelings. Feelings is not feeling is not an identity that has a mind of its own and, and gets to run your life. When we over identify with our with feelings, we may start to feel that they are truth yeah. and it becomes a permanent state. It can even take control and determine our, our life paths. Amen. See, God sees us. God sees us as he created us to be, not as we see ourselves. You are more, you are more than what you are doing. Amen. You are more than you know. Amen. You are more than you, you know. We must identify ourselves as a warrior, God's saying. Can anyone go with me this morning? Are we awake this morning? See, God, we heard, I know you heard this a thousand times before. God doesn't call the qualified. Right? He qualifies the call. I don't want to get ahead of myself. This is that. This is really good. We're going to talk about that later. But he doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified. Because if you think you're qualified for something that God's calling you to do, he ain't calling you. That ain't him. Because whatever he calls you to do is, will always be impossible for us. It will always be something impossible for us to accomplish because he qualifies the call. Hallelujah. Touch somebody and ask him, are you, are you getting this? Are you, are, are you, are you getting, I mean, give him a COVID touch, like, like, like not, not a, you know, like a, like, Almost, almost touch, like almost touch somebody. Make sure they're awake. Make sure they're getting this. This is all. You make sure you get this this morning. Don't leave here the same. Amen. Without getting what God, God's trying to deposit something in you. Make sure you, you get this. So three ways that, that God changed Gideon's identity as a, as a warrior. Right. I, I think we, we need to understand how God changed Changes our identity. Now, the first thing God did um, to Gideon, he waited. God waits. Somebody say, God waits. So Gideon, in verse 17, Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really, 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 really you talking to me. Please don't go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord says, I will wait, I will wait, I will wait until you return. Many of us are waiting for God to do something, but he's actually waiting for us to return. God's waiting for us to choose him. God's waiting for us to choose his way. I mean, we actually have a God who waits for us. He waits for us. So he's waiting. He's waiting as we're praying, as we're praying. He's waiting and he's waiting. He's saying, I'm waiting for you to return. Or he's waiting for us to believe. To believe is to choose him, regardless of how you feel. So he's waiting for us. God waits.
for us to choose him. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is with patience, is, but it is patient, it is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Praise God. God's apparent slowness sometimes is just an opportunity for us to do our part. Praise the good Lord. See, sometimes when God calls us to do something, we have to pray about it. I don't know if you got that or not. So when God tells us to do something, we say, I have to pray about it. To who? Like, I, like, like, honestly, like, so I know Gideon said that, well, okay, God, so get, you know, confirm uh, to, to me that, that that is you. Well, he's, he wasn't used to communicating with God. Yeah. He knew about God, yeah. but he wasn't used to communicating with, with God. So if you're not used to communicating with God, God will catch you by surprise. And you'd be like, oh, I mean, Oh, my goodness. So it wasn't like he was. So, so he wanted a confirmation, but he was really trying to, you know, uh, really believe that it was actually God. Uh, sometimes we, we, we ask God for like five confirmations. God tells us to do one thing. It's like, go pray for somebody. Lord, just tell me that is you. Just confirm that is you. Like, you know, give me another sign. The Lord give you a sign. You run, so no, no, Lord, I know, like, sometimes my mind messed up. I know what you just confirmed. I don't know if it's, but give me another confirmation that it's you. If you want me to go pray for so, so-and-so, like, I mean, like, get a sign. Like, let, like, the thunder, like, strikes or whatever. Just let me hear or something. Let, 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 let somebody just, like, shout in the place or something. Just give me a sign. We wait. We ask God for, like, five signs for us to just go lay hands on someone. Well, it's like, God, let me go, let me just go pray for it. Let me just go pray. Let me go pray. So he must be asking, like, who are you, like, who are you praying to? <laughs> so God wants us to wait with him as he waits to answer you. There is something he wants you wants to show you that you, only you, only you can see as he waits and you wait. Mm. See, sometimes we wait for things to be perfect. We wait for perfect situations, right? People won't serve in church because things are not perfect in their lives. It, serving God, being a child of God, guess what? If you're called to do something great, I hate to be the one to tell you. I really hate to be the one to tell you. There would never be a perfect situation. Amen. Because God, guess what? God calls us into mess. I don't know if you knew that or not. Maybe you want to kind of rethink this thing about serving God or being a child of God. If you are called by his name, called by his name, he will put you in some mess. And guess what? Your situation would never be perfect. It would never be a perfect time. Right? Oh, my goodness. I don't have any friends today. So God's waiting for us to step out of, in, in faith. It means that we trust God fully. If we're waiting for a perfect time, we'll never, never sow those seeds. And if we never sow the seeds, there will never be harvest. Woohoo! He uses, uses us as imperfect as we are in our less than perfect circumstance to do his great work. If you, you, will, you won't know what he has planned for us unless we take a chance and step out in faith. See, Peter did not, Peter would have never known 
he had more in him until he stepped out of the boat and walked you know, and to walk on water. He would have never known that he could actually walk, have the ability to walk on water until he stepped out. See, what God was calling, uh, getting to do was to step out of the mess into faith. <laughs> so at some point, we, we must step out of our comfort zone and do what God's calling us to do. Right? So God's calling us. He's waiting for us to step out in faith. What is God calling you to do? Because whatever it is, it will always seem impossible to you. But he's there. He's waiting. He said he's waiting like Jesus was waiting for Peter to step out of the boat, just waving to us and says, come on, you can you can do it. You can do it. You see me? I, so when I see you, I see me. When I see you, I see me. When I see you, I see me. You can step. You can walk on water just like me. You can walk on water just like me. Jesus is calling someone today to step out in faith because you're more than what you are doing right now. There's more in you than you know. So step out right now. Step out right now. He's requiring you to step out of your situation into faith right now. So God waits. Isn't that incredible? We have a God that waits for us. He's waiting for us to choose him. So he waits, and then God cleanses. Yeah, he cleanses. He does. That's the second one, he cleanses. In Judges 6, uh, starting in verse 25, five, is, is here, the Lord still talking to Gideon here. He said, the same night the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height using the wood of the Asherah pole that you can cut down, offer the second bull bull as a burnt offering. So God required of Gideon to destroy all the altars. Because, because fear and unbelief are the fruit that showed strongest from Gideon before he delivered Israel. So he told him to destroy his family's altar, right? Because before you deliver a message, you must be delivered by the message. Yeah. I'll let that marinate a little bit, right? So before you can deliver a message, you must be delivered by the message. So he is saying that go tear down the altars that's, that's forming your identity, that has formed your identity over the years. So he said, go destroy the altar. See, in order to fight against these false beliefs, we must discover the exact belief we're allowing to negatively form our identity. Right? Sometimes we feel rejected instead of accepted. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we feel like we're in chains instead of feeling free, yeah. set free. Sometimes we feel like an orphan instead of uh, feeling adopted, yeah. instead of knowing that we are adopted. Amen. So you notice God told Gideon to clean his house first. Because Gideon's home, his, his family, his home was, af was affecting the way he sees himself, right? So don't expect God to do something outside of your home if you're not willing to do something inside. Right? So he was saying, go, go, go get rid of the, 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 uh, the altars and, you know, tear those things down. Tear those things down. Those are affecting the way that you see you see yourself. If the only time you are in the presence of God is at church, you're missing out. The presence of God needs to be in your home as well. So whatever is preventing you to worship God, whatever is preventing God to reside in your home, God's saying that, tear it down. Remove it 
is getting in the way. I'm peeking in your window, wanting to come into your home, but I can't because of, I can't because all these things you're worshiping. God's saying, I get rid of it. I want to be the only one. I want to be the only God because I am the only God. There's no one like me, right? There's no one like me. I am eternal God. That, that means I will never go away. I will never go away. There's no one. I look. I try to look. I try to see if anyone like me. I can't even compare myself to anyone. I am the only God. I am the only God. I invented time, right? Time even obeys me. I am the only God. I want to be the only one in your home, the only one that you serve, that you kneel down and you worship, that you speak to, that who only, I want to be the only God that who can speak into your life. I'd be the only God who knew you before you were in your mother's womb. That means we knew God before he put us in time. I'm the only one, before anyone ever, in you, before you introduce yourself to anyone in life, anyone before you met, I knew you. And I created you. I set you apart. I want to be the only one. So get rid of anything that gets in the way of that. See, God didn't want Gideon to turn his back on him like his family did. Because you're set apart. You're different. You're going to serve me. You're going to keep going. You're not going to be like your family. You're set apart. You're different. You're different. You're different. Oh, we're heating up in this place. If faith is not at work in your home, it will not manifest outside of it. Yes. We must create an atmosphere of change in our home. That's to remove anything that gets in the way of my presence. This presence of God must dwell in our home. Is anyone getting this this morning? You coming with me? God knew Gideon needed to have a clean heart in order to receive a new identity. I love David's prayer to God, right? In Psalms 51.10, right? We all know it. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See, prayer is the only thing that you can send to your future. (laughs) So he knew, David knew that he needed a clean heart to keep going. So let me just send this prayer for for my future. God created me a clean heart. And renew a steadfast spirit within me so I can keep going. So God, so after God told Gideon to, to remove the old altars, right, altars of his family, then he told him to build him one. He said, now you build me one. This altar will define his identity in God. God must establish his residency in our hearts, right? So defining your identity is about where, who, and how. Where, who, and how. Everyone say it with me. Where, Where, who, and how. So where, because where you stand determines what you see. Where you stand determines what you see. So Exodus 33, verse 21 says, the Lord continue Look, stand near me on this rock as my glorious presence passes by. I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind. But my face will not be seen. So where you stand determines what you see. So God requiring Gideon to build him an altar to stand on, that he know 
that is God, to stand on his word, right? Because when you stand on the word of God, you will, you will see God's presence. You will see God move. So you may not be able to look at his face, but he's, God said, I turn my back. I turn my back so that way you, you, won't, you won't die because if you see my face, it's to be too much for me. But he's basically saying that where we stand, we're standing on him, standing with, with him, that we will see his presence. It's about being in the presence of God, being in the presence of God. Where you stand matters, right? What you stand for matters, amen? So he said, build me an altar so you can always remember what I've done for you and who I am. So stand, build me an altar and just stand. then who, who you stand with defines your identity. Uh-oh. Who you stand with defines your identity. So you have to watch who you hang out with. <laughs> you got to watch the people you hang out with, right? Jeremiah 1, 4, again, it says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctify you and ordain you a prophet to the nations. So, so who you stand with, right, defines who you are. Who you stand with defines who you are. So if you stand with God, the one that who created you before you were even born, it will define you. Yes. That's who you will become. Yes. That's who will become. Are you with me? Then how, 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 how you see yourself determines how your identity is manifested. Oh, how you see yourself determines how your, ident- how your identity is manifested. If you see yourself as a child of God, it will manifest in your life. If you see yourself victorious, it will manifest in your life. Amen. If you see yourself reconciled, it will manifest in your life. Amen. If you see yourself saved, right, it will manifest in your life. If you see yourself restored, it will manifest in your life. If you see yourself free, right, it will manifest. The chains will be broken in your life. You will not be in bondage. No matter what happens to you, you will not be in bondage because God saying, said to you that you are set free. Yeah. Jesus died for your freedom. Yeah. So if you believe that, right, you receive that and you live that, it will manifest in your life. Yeah. I'm tired of seeing Christians walking in bondage. Yeah. We are set free. Yeah. We have power over the enemy. And we need to make it plain today. I want this to be a plain message so you can actually get it. I want this to be a simple message so that you can actually get it. Like we are set free. We are set free. That is who we are. Amen? So then lastly, so God waits God cleanse and God sends. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, he sends. I'm going to close with this one. I'm going to close with this one. So Judges 6.14, so God turned, so the Lord turned to him, meaning Gideon, and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you. Am I not sending you? So when the angel of the Lord sat out, sat by the wine press looked at Gideon and he spoke to his destiny. He did not expect Gideon to be a warrior, to act like a warrior, 
he was saying that go in the strength that you have because in the sending, God, God will make you a warrior. See, sometimes we feel like we have to be something in order for God to use us. I want you to really understand this because I don't know, this helped me. He called Gideon out of his mess. God never focused on his condition. He said, no, no. So the very thing that Gideon was complaining about, God was calling him to. Calling him to deliver. He's saying that he, called, he pulled him out of his mess. And he didn't tell him to, to do this or to do that, to do this, or you have to be a certain way to go, go to the gym for like two weeks or whatever, or, you know, to, to get in shape or this, this. He didn't tell him that he had to be anything. He didn't, he didn't tell him he had to look a certain way. He just says, go in the strength. You have. Because he says, I am with you. We are in the presence of God. God just starts to form your identity into the image of him. As you go, he said, you just go. So it was in the sending he was going to become a warrior. Not in that I don't know about you. That was just exciting for me, he says, go in the strength that you have. God said, I don't need much. Go in the strength that you have. If you are God's calling you to do something great, God's calling you to apply for a certain job, you feel like you're not qualified, he's saying that go in the strength that you have. Just go afraid. Go afraid. Like whatever strength you have, go. I'll do the rest. Because your weakness is made perfect in my strength. I say, all I need, all I need is a yes. All I need is a yes, I will go. And he says, whatever condition that you are in, if he is sending you, go in the strength you have. Go in the strength that you have. Go and serve God. Go and serve God. Go do what he called you to do. No matter what he's calling you to do. If it's impossible to you, praise God. That is God. Go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have. He's called you. It's nothing better than a call from God. That means he's going to do something miraculous. That means he is after his glory. He's going to get the glory through his sending. Through his sending, he's going to get the glory. Because what he's calling you to do is something that you can ever imagine. But it may be some things that you dreamt about. But it, it feels impossible to you. He is saying that my daughter... Go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have. You mighty warrior. Because you're going to change lives. You're going to do the impossible. You and I together. You and I together. We're going to do some impossible things. Oh, it's not going to be like it was last year. It's not going to be like it was five years ago. I'm calling you out of some stuff and putting you into a new path. My daughter... It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I urge you to go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have. I'm going to do the rest because it's how I created you. I've set you to part. People may say that you're different. That's a great thing. You're different because I set you to part. You're not like other people. Go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have. I design, I put words in your mouth that have not come out yet. Go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have. I'm going to do the rest. I'm pulling the warrior out of you. I'm pulling the warrior out of you. Just go. 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 Go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have. God's going to do something great in your life. Some of us need to get up. 
Some of us need to get up and serve him. You know you have that call in your life. Stop waiting for things to be perfect. It will never be perfect. You know what it's going to be like? Messy. Just mess. Just mess. (laughs) This is a messy church. Just mess. You walk in this church, it's just messy. This mess. We got, we got holes, we got gaps everywhere, right? I mean, it's like some, some of our workers are doing the impossible, right? Like we don't know how we, we do what we do every single week, right? But God is just in it. He's just in it. He's putting the pieces together. He's bringing new people in and putting them in the right place, right? He said, I know it looks messy right now, but this is what I called you to. He said, God says, I'm attracted to mess. I'm attracted to mess. I'm attracted to your mess because by the time I get done with you, right, you are going to change the mess. You are going to change the mess. You're called, some, you are called here to this church to clean up some mess. We're in a messy situation. We're in a messy world. Messy community going around. Just mess. But God's calling us to clean up some mess. By the time we clean it up, right? Because we all filthy rags. But by the time we clean it up, by the time we clean it up, we're going to see the glory of God on it. Some mess. Some mess. Look at your neighbor and say, you're just a mess. He's calling us to messy things, to messy people. An angel appeared to Gideon. He imagined he dressing weak. He hiding his blessing. Anybody, anybody coming? Because they can't see what I'm doing right now. They can't. All this I need to keep for myself. Anybody coming? There's an angel sitting here. There's the spirit of God just coming to disrupt everything in his life. I mean, he probably had a great system going on, right? Right? Great system that he enjoyed. He was comfortable in his cave. But here's the angel disrupting everything, calling him out of his cave, saying that you're more than what you are doing right now. I'm speaking. God is speaking to someone right now. He said, I'm calling you out of a cave. You are more than what you are doing right now. Come out. Come out and go. Come out and go. His life was in shambles. The Israelites, were they were in shambles. And I love this message. This may not mean anything to you, but it meant of the whole world to me. Because, listen to this. Seven, seven years, the Israelites were in mess. Seven years. Seven years. Seven year of completion. That's Calvary life. We're about to enter our next place of destination. This is our seventh place. Now God's saying, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out of this season and putting you into a place that you've desired, that I've desired for you. Spoke to me. Spoke to me. God is with us. He is with us. He is with us. Just look around. It's just a complete mess. Can you join us and help us clean up some of this mess that's going on in our communities, that's going on in some of our homes? 
God's saying, I have a plan for you. It's great. I'm calling you to clean up some mess today. He's telling us as a church to go in the strength you have. Come on, stand with me.